Hallelujah. Father, in your name, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you for this time that we could assemble here as brothers and sisters to hear your word. Now, God, your word is about to be preached in your house, and we all proclaim we brought a tent of ears. God, I pray that nobody sees that broken, that flawed, that sinful man that's up front. God, but today your people only see and hear from you. You know what your people need. I pray that your word finds them. I pray that your word convicts them. I pray that it enlightens them. And today we declare that your word is going to encourage us because we said encourage is cool. Would you encourage us, God, through your word? In Jesus' name, nobody leaves the same. Amen and amen. For you alone are worthy. Come on, somebody. For you alone are worthy. For you, you alone, hallelujah, you're worthy. Hallelujah. The Give him the best praise you can find right quick, right now. Come on, everybody, do me a favor. Lift that cup up before the Lord. Come on, lift it up. Would you humbly say, fill my cup, Lord. Let it overflow. It's important to me that you know uh, that before I preach to you, if you don't hear anything else I say, check this out. I want you to know that I love you. I value this opportunity to sow into you the seeds of the word of God. I uh, believe the word is going to make a difference today. I believe the word is going to uh, bring a harvest. So on this thing, if we said encourage your school, check this out. I want to talk to you about the second, the second and central. So you don't know, you're getting to know me, and I, I give you stories. My dad actually uh, worked for the Indianapolis Transit System when I was a kid, uh, what we now call Metro, right? So my father drove a bus, and one of his routes was the second and central. It just so happens that the second and central drove past our cross street when I was a kid on 34th street. So one day on his route to 2nd and Central, he called my mom. He said, I'll be at our cross street on 34th street at whatever time and a brother need a sandwich, right? <laughs> so, 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 so my mom, uh, she's like, cool. And she, she made him a sandwich. I remember this because I wasn't in kindergarten yet. I had to be about four or five and I was the only one in the house. You know I'm one of 12. So, so they had a dilemma, though, right? Uh, he was going to be at a cross street at a certain time, and she made him a sandwich, but they had, they, they, they had a problem. He couldn't leave the bus to walk to the house to get the sandwich, and she couldn't leave the kids <laughs> to walk to the bus to give him the sandwich. So they elected that I would be the solution. Four-year-old me, somehow I got elected to get to run to 34th Street. I never could go to 34th Street. 34th Street was dangerous. But this day I got enlisted, solicited, enlisted to go to 34th Street. So my mother ironed my Easter's clothes. She ironed the best clothes that I had, and she gave me a bus, and I was sitting out on the sidewalk, and I'm waiting on the bus. Now, I can't play because I'm in my best clothes, right? <laughs> and the bus don't come for a long time. And at a certain point, like, I'm over this. Like, I, I, this seems in vain. The sandwich preparation, the, the fresh clothes, all of this cooking, all of this preparation. Where's the bus, man? I'm standing out on the sidewalk, and I'm waiting on the bus. 
I want to preach to somebody that's in a waiting season and the bus ain't came yet. That's what I want to preach to you today. And so eventually, though, uh, I begin to feel like, I remember feeling like this was in vain. Like, I'm tired of this. Like, I, whatever y'all got going, I'm done with it. But then, church, the bus came. And when the bus came and my father got off the bus and, and he bent down on my level and he began to call me and he began to cheer for me. And just seeing his face, it excited me. So when he called me, I knew what direction to run in. But when he cheered for me, y'all, I felt like I could run faster and stronger. And today I came to preach to somebody that's here today. Your bus hasn't come. I came to preach to you. You're waiting on your bus. You're waiting for an outcome. You're waiting on a result. It has not happened yet. And you're getting ready to feel like you over this. I came to preach to somebody today that everybody's calling you, but nobody's cheering for you. And if that's you this morning, I came to preach to you. You in the right place at the right time. God is going to do a lot for us, but God is just not working on us. My problem is I wanted the bus to show up for me. I had no concept that the bus had to deal with a lot of other people, that the bus had to make a lot of stops around the road. Y'all, do I have anybody here that understands, man, God is blessing you, but he's not just blessing you. God is trying to orchestrate a big thing, and you just a part, do I have a witness, of what God is trying to do. But we're only usually interested in us. Felt like my preparation is in vain, but when the bus showed up, it made up for everything. When my father called me, I knew what direction to run in. When he cheered for me, I ran faster. I wanted us to turn our attention to Galatians chapter 6, beginning with verse 7, because uh, we all agreed, maybe not laughter, but encouragement is cool, and if encouragement is cool, I think the word is going to do that today. Amen? Amen? The word of the Lord in Galatians chapter 6, beginning with verse 7, simply says this. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reap what he church sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not be weary, that's important, in doing good, for at the proper time the bus will come, we will reap a harvest if we don't quit and go play in our church clothes. <laughs> if we don't give up. Therefore, the Bible says, as we have opportunities, let us focus on doing good to all people especially those who are of the household of faith. And just for just a few minutes today, my subject is church. I want everybody to listen to me. Here's the subject. Hey, y'all, we good. Y'all just chill. We good, y'all. Mama said there'd be days like this. Would you do me a favor and look at your neighbor and say, yo, we good. Now, you, you come on, everybody. There's a hand gesture. This is all love, right? This is we good. Yeah, no, we good. We good. Come on, do it. We good. We good. We good. For just a few minutes, I want to say, we good, y'all. Everybody just chill. Here's what happens 
Today, uh, and Carter gave me the word. Uh, what was the word you said, Carter? It is rude. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Carter gave me the word. Today, we're in our April, and we started sowing in March. We started planning this process of planning and sowing in March. And by the time we get to April, and it was 80 degrees last week, and today it's mentally challenging weather. Well, Carter said it's rude, actually. And I was like, that's not the word I was going to use, but it's, it's good for church, so I'll use that. <laughs> it's good for church. It's good for church. Uh, so, so, so what happens is, by the time we get here, we're tired. And if you're like me, you struggle with a little seasonal effective, you like, this is like, this make me want to talk to God. Like, what's up, God? I'm tired of this. Uh, and so what happens is we're planting the fields and we're sowing so much. By the time we get here, we look at what we planted and we look at what we still have to plant. And April says, I'm tired. April says, it's okay if you quit. April says, look at what you've already planted. Look at what you planted through March. Look at what you planted. April says, it's okay. Right? You know what I'm saying? April says, man, pick that thing up and go on home. April says, you've done enough. But August wants in the conversation. August wants to tell us, there's no way you can oversow. August says, no, keep going. I'm going to give it all back to you. I'm going to bless you. The sun is going to come out. August wants an opportunity to lend his voice to the conversation. And I know today, April, with its rude self, is so loud. And today, August wants a, a part in the conversation. The hoe is heavy, particularly church, when the basket is hidden. The basket is August. And we don't see the basket in April. All we see is this hole, and, and, and the hole, if you keep going, do I have a witness? The hole gets heavy. The hole gets heavy, particularly when the basket is hidden. Sowing is tiring. Giving is tiring. Inviting is tiring. Loving is tiring. Investing is tiring. Engaging is tiring. Culturally negotiating is tiring. Somebody help me with this. Apologizing is tiring. Forgiving, and don't y'all get tired? It's tiring. Blending is tiring. Committing is tiring. And today, the Lord told me to bring this basket so that you could see this basket. The Lord told me to tell you, let the basket be your inspiration. Somebody look at the basket. Look to August. August wants in the conversation. Today, church, the basket like my father, is calling us. And today, church, the basket, like my father, is cheering for us. The basket wants us to keep loving. The basket wants us to keep investing. And the basket wants us to keep exerting ourselves and moving toward our August. Expectation is exhausting. Seasons of anticipation and expectation can lead us the seasons of frustration and exhausting. Here it is, church. Where there is great expectation, there is also significant exhaustion. When and where there is great exertion, if exertion is necessary, 
you and I should know that exhaustion is possible. Let's go to the word. I'm going to hit you with a few points, and I'm going to be done about when I get done. I'm going to be done right about that time. So the word says, be not deceived. God cannot be not mocked. Whatever we sow, we're going to reap. That's the foundational principle. If you came and if encouragement's cool, it ain't going to be cool. You're not going to get there if you can't ride with this principle. Foundational principle. It is something that we can all base our lives upon that is coming back to me somehow, some way. It's coming back. It is the one thing that you must believe in order for my sermon to be successful. And this is when the writer says, Paul says, a man reaps what he sows. It is true, we all know it, but it does not always look true. It is true, but it does not always feel true. And weariness can cause us to question it. And it is because of that that Paul says that not to believe it, for whatever reason you don't believe it, because it's rude, Paul says, if anywhere you are and you don't believe in the basket, you are deceived. He calls it deception. It is true, Paul says, even if you don't see it. It is true even when you don't believe it. It is true even if it's hidden from you. And if you do not believe it or see it, you are deceived. And what is deception? It is the act, right this church, this is important. It is the act of causing someone to accept as true or valid what is false or invalid. It is perhaps a truth that we adopt in the absence of the evidence of the actual truth. When I was praying this morning, God said to me, here it is, here it is, here it is. It is the golden calf truth. It is perhaps a seasonal truth. It is a rainy day truth, a cold weather truth. When you and I ask, is the sun ever going to shine again? Are the trees ever going to bloom again? It is something that we come to believe because of a long regimen of toil in a cold season. It is a, a mentally adjusted truth. It is what the weary mind comes to believe. It is the truth that comes from too much toil. It is a golden calf truth. When we don't have evidence of the real truth, we'll make our own. We'll make a golden calf truth. But Paul says this, and I'm arguing now. The principle is true because God said it's true. And God himself stands behind it. That's what somebody needs to know. If it is not true, then you're right not to believe it. If it is not true, then you don't have to take God seriously. If it is not true, then it's not your miscalculation. The Bible says it's God's mockery. If it is not true, then God is not true. God is on the witness stand this morning, and history is cross-examining God. That if it is not true, then God will be proven a liar. If it is not true, God should be embarrassed. But then Paul argues in the text, but this is an impossibility. Why, Paul? Because God cannot lie. God cannot be mocked. So then by definition, this has to be true. And if it has to be true, and if it must be true, then you and I must go out and find it to be true. And that's what's happening in our lives. We are discovering the truth in our everyday lives. It is our journey of discovery. 
This explains the problems, and this explains your pain. This explains the gaps, and this explains the void. It is our pursuit of God's truth. It is God allowing us space and place to go out and find his truth. Here's God's position. Hebrews 6, 16 says, God, people swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose, we are his purpose, very clear to the heirs of what was promised. That's me and you, we're heirs of the promise. He confirmed it with an oath. I'm going to do it. I'm going, I'm going to put an oath behind it. God did that, so why? By two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. We who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us, here's that word, may be greatly encouraged. <laughs> encouraged is cool, right? And we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Come on, let's praise worthy right now. It is true. Genesis says as the earth, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night will never cease. So now we know it is biblically true. It's biblical, it's theological, it's historical, but it still may not be personal. I know it. But it's not, it don't look like it in my life. I know it's in the Bible. But it ain't in my life. Because I'm still struck. I know it's there. Let me give you three elements of this truth. What we will find is that Paul says this truth, uh, it's universal, it's categorical, and it's inescapable. The first one is it's universal because Paul says whoever sows. Whoever. That means you can't disqualify for this. Right? It's for everybody. You cannot be good enough to earn it, and you cannot do bad enough to lose it. Everybody has access to this truth. The first thing Paul would have us know about the truth is it's a universal truth. Secondly, Paul says the truth is categorical. That if you plant green beans, you're going to get green beans back. That if you've Sow to the flesh, the flesh is going to reap. If you sow to the spirit, the spirit is going to reap. But then Paul does highlight two things under categories. He says two things are important, though, and this is why you may not get a return. He says the objective matters. He says, are you sowing to please the flesh or are you sowing to please the spirit? Paul says objective matters. Some of us want some stuff that God can't bless, that God don't want to bless. That God doesn't want to multiply. Are you sowing toward a good thing or are you sowing toward a bad thing? What are you trying to accomplish? What kind of harvest are you trying to produce? Who will be blessed? Will God be honored in it? That is objective of our seed. And then Paul says what is also important is the origin. Where does it come from? Are we sowing from a good place or are we sowing from a bad place? The Bible says, are you sowing from the flesh or from the spirit? So objective and origin are very important aspects in the category. And finally, because there's a return on, and a result, the truth is inescapable. Paul says this, 
what is sure that whatever you put out is coming back. He's just not sure if that's good news for us or bad news. He said, oh, it's coming. That's for sure. But based on your objective and your origin, I don't know if it's good news for you. Because Paul says some will reap destruction and some will reach eternal life. So now it is clear. It's biblical. It's theological. It's historical. But it may not be personal. And Paul understands that. So then he says, so let us not be weary in doing good. For at the proper time, if encouragement is cool, here's encouragement. It's in verse 9. You are going to reap if you faint not. But he has to set that up because he wants us to reap what God has for us. And he doesn't want us to get the negative things back. So, Pastor, what's it mean to be weary as you get ready to close? It says feeling or showing tiredness, especially as a result of excessive exertion or a lack of sleep after a long season of investment. Y'all, as I finish, there are four reasons why I think you and I tend to get exhausted and one of them we've already discussed is just that April is louder than August. And y'all, we got to learn how to tell April to shut up. Y'all, we got to learn how to turn the volume down on April. Y'all, we got to learn how, y'all, so, so I got two sons that are DJs, uh, Mass Appeal and KG, so I tell them all the time, like, I must be an MC because I, I, I saw our birth as MCs, right? So <laughs> somewhere in my life, I'm an MC, right? Uh, but, but one thing that my sons are really good at, uh, that you, you can check them out. They, they out there, and, you know, they just where they are, man. I'm praying for them. I'm praying for them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You might not know they're the preacher's kids. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But they're really good at phasing one song out and bringing another song in. Like they mix ologists like that. They can scratch. They can mix, right? And, and, they, and my son says that, that, that when you want to bring this song out and you want to bring this song in, it's mathematics. All you got to do is match the beats. And if you know how to count the beats, you can bring, make any song phase into another song, but you got to know how to do the math. I said, yeah, that, that, that's, that's probably why I'm not doing it. <laughs> that, that's probably why, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm going to preach. <laughs> Y'all, we got to learn how to tell April, bring April to an end, and, bring, and start August without missing a beat. Can y'all, can y'all do that? Y'all good on the ones and twos? Can y'all do that? Number one is because we're so results-focused. Y'all, sometimes when we out there giving our all, we just want some sign toward the objective. Am I preaching to anybody? I just need to know, am I making a difference, man? Because I can't see where I'm making a difference. This don't look like it's it's doing nothing. Because every time I wash clothes, the thing, it's it's the smoke clothes to be washed. I'm like, Jesus. Every time I wash dishes, the more dishes I wash, the more dishes need to be washed. I'm struggling with this. Am I making a difference? I need a sign toward the objective. I need a personal sense of accomplishment. Am I heading in the right run? Give me a mile marker. Give me a sign. Because I think the big thing, but I need some more immediate results. 
Number two is reciprocation. Is anybody else giving what I'm giving? Is anybody in this with me? Is anyone meeting me halfway? Am I carrying too much of the burden? Does anybody else care about what I care about? Who's helping? And we don't get a sense that somebody else is, then, then, then we'll say, well, what am I doing this for? Right? Why am I doing it? Number three, recognition. Does anybody see me? Does God see me out here in April with this hole? It's night, it's raining, it's cold. August isn't here, and I just got to keep sewing. And this is hard for me. Does anybody care about me? Does God see me? Does anybody else see me? Do they care? And is anybody cheering for me? So, so here's a cultural moment. If you can't help me, you can holler at me. If you can't help, you can holler. Y'all know what holler means? Y'all, y'all got that. That's easy. All right. Number four, here's the big one. When is the reward coming, man? When is the bus going to come? Because I really want to go back and play. I didn't, even, I didn't ask to put on these clothes. I'm put on this stuff. I thought I only wore this on Sunday. I can't play dodgeball. I can't play kickball. And the bus ain't coming. I'm miserable. I, it ain't even my sandwich. I don't get to eat it, and I got to sit out here, and I'm just too much. Y'all, y'all, y'all doing too much. When is the reward? I came to tell you that the bus is coming. Here it is. Come to me, says Matthew, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For here's what Jesus says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Isaiah says, hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard? Anybody with me? Uh, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the earth and the ends of the earth. Wait a minute. He neither faints nor is weary. He is understanding and his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as evil. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not fail. That's you right there. That's the basket. And Paul says, if you want to make it, here's a sure way to be able to endure this season. He says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good. Stop focusing on you. Go see what you can do for somebody else. It, if it's not time for your harvest to come in, go help somebody else bring in their harvest. That is a sure way. You won't quit because it takes the emphasis off the fact that your harvest is not coming in. Paul says, go do something for somebody else. Go bless somebody else. So what if something crazy happened like your church decided to pivot? And your church decided that it was never, no longer going to be in the same vein it was created to be. And it wanted a different harvest. Your church would have to come get all this stuff, right? And your church would have to go tear up the ground. There's no other way to do it. 
your church would have to turn everything over because it wants a different harvest. I'm saying something crazy like if somebody's church decided to do something crazy like that. There would be no way to do that if you didn't tear it up. Anybody feel that? It's the only way you can do it. You got to pull out these, man. You got to go be violent and you got to tear it up so you can plant some different stuff. Assuming you want a different harvest. And if you do that, you're going to be in your April. You're going to be in your April. And your August can't come until your April is finished. And April, man, we don't like it because it's rude, right? <laughs> it's so rude. I hate April. You're so rude. That's good church language. I'm done. Point being, we ain't going to get there to August till we do God, everything God has called us to do in April. And if we want a different harvest, it's no way to get it but to tear it up and plant something different. I want to pray. Father, thank you for this day. You told me to bring these baskets and you told me to have everybody go into their spiritual imagination. And you told me to, and this is an exercise as I'm praying, you told me to have them think about the thing that keeps eluding them and the thing that would frustrate them and the thing that would make them think I'm not going to do it and that I'm not true or maybe that I even lied to them or that I've forgotten them. God told me to tell you to put that thing on your mind. And he wanted you to have a visual, so he told me to tell you he wanted you to imagine not that that's already going to be in the basket. He wanted me to tell you it's already in the basket. That thing is already in your basket. It's already in the basket. Here's what August knows that April doesn't. August knows it's already done. April's not sure. August is looking back. April is looking ahead. Father, bless us today. Do with this word what you will. I'm done. But encourage is cool. Amen.